Welcome to the Overnight Trainer Podcast, where each week we talk about all things related to the world of learning and development, including facilitation, instructional design, sales enablement, and so much more. I'm your host, Sarah Canistra, and I'm an L&D strategist and career coach, and I'm here to take the guesswork out of becoming an L&D professional and show you how to unlock continued success in your learning and development career. I'm on a mission to quickly develop the next generation of L&D leaders who are looking to create meaningful and engaging learning experiences. So, if you're looking to transition into L&D for the first time, have found yourself accidentally in a training position, or are working up the ranks as an L&D professional already, you've come to the right place. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Overnight Trainer Podcast. I'm super happy that you're here with me today. And I just wanna kick off by celebrating the you know what out of some of my clients. Like, I can't believe how just a little over a week into 2022 we are and how insane the job market seems to be right now. So just today, and I posted about this on LinkedIn today if you're following me there, But just today, I had uh, two clients, one who uh, just a few weeks ago, she's inside the group coaching program, just a few weeks ago um, had joined, no niche, uh, coming from K through 12 education, and now today was in a final interview with the president of the company. And I had posted about her actually a little over a week ago because she applied for one role, was interviewing for one role. And as she was interviewing for that role, they saw her skills, capabilities, qualities, interests, um, where she could be more useful and offered her to interview for a job that was actually paying 10,000 more a year, right? So here's the power in really truly understanding your niche, applying to the right roles at the right companies, the right company is going to see your transferable skills. It's very important for you to understand the right company will see your transferable skills. And as long as you're able to help translate it, you have to meet them there. Uh, This client was able to take what she learned inside of the program, translate her transferable skills. Uh, Today met with the president who at the end of the interview was selling her on why she should choose them as a company, right? So it's so important to think about this and from the process of this does not have to be a painful process. This can actually be a relieving process. I asked her afterwards, how do you feel? She said, relieved, right? So you can actually have positive emotions around this. I really wanna congratulate that client. And then I have another client today who has so many amazing things going on in her life. And uh, we met uh, last week and She had taken a a couple weeks off just to kind of really give herself a break from the job search and came back full steam ahead and got really clear last week on what exactly it is she wanted to do in the L&D space. And lo and behold, applied for some roles. Today already is receiving interview opportunities from what she applied to last week. So I'm teaching all of this. Y'all know this. I talk about it often, but you can join the overnight trainer group career coaching program where I teach you the strategy step by step by step by step on how to find land and love the learning and development role of your dreams. Uh, It's really amazing. You get access to modules. So it is 
Uh, very much self-paced. But in addition to that, we do weekly live coaching calls where you get to come with your challenges, you know, your wins, whatever you need to work through and get coaching from me. Um, You also have access to a LinkedIn, a private LinkedIn group. Uh, So it's private, unlisted, it's just for us. And it's everyone there is already become becoming so close and every time someone new joins it's just a a big hug of people who are experiencing exactly what you are too so come and join us you can uh, find all the information go to my website theovernighttrainer.com slash work dash with dash me um, all the info is there and yeah and always y'all you know this feel free to dm me with any questions too so uh, you can dm me on uh on instagram i'm on, i am on there at the overnight trainer um you can also dm me on on linkedin ask me any questions you have always happy to hop on a call to see if the program is right for you so all right let's dive into today's call and today's call blah 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 <laughs> let's dive into <laughs> i have clients on my mind let's dive into today's episode and so this episode's inspired by a couple things first and foremost i did a post about a weekish ago i don't know time is flying by already uh, but i did a post about upskilling and it's because oh right what i'm seeing right now are so many people posting about all the skills that you need to know in order to get into learning and development. And it can be so disheartening to read all of these things and all of these theories and all of these models and all of these processes. And the reality is, is that while yes, it's important to understand the the basics of adult learning and learning theory and learning design, the reality is there's so much more that you should be spending your time on than that. And I know that might be contradictory to what some people say, and I'm not saying that you have to forego any type of you know traditional understanding of learning and development. So I, I want to make that clear is that it is important that you understand the core and the basis and the basics of learning and development. So whether that means you're going into instructional design or program management or overseeing an onboarding um, development program, whatever it may be, becoming a learning management system administrator, uh, a program analyst, right? All of these things, anything that's inside the world of learning and development, you do have to have and understand, you know, the way that adults learn and what that looks like in that type of role that you're looking for. So I do want to start there uh, because I talk about this a lot with, you know, really, truly understanding your niche. And I'm actually very shortly, and it might, it's definitely not going to come out right when this episode comes out, but in the next few days or weeks, um, I will publish and have for sale uh, the uh, niche workshop that I did a couple weeks ago. So I did a a two-week workshop, uh, a live workshop, and I have all the recordings from that. So I'm going to edit them and have it up on my website, something that uh, that you all can purchase. But uh, finding your niche is, is the most important part of this process because without doing that, it's so hard for you to understand and to know what you need to upskill. And that's why I think a lot of people are just clinging to every theory, every model, right? I need to know this. I need to know that. I need to know, you know, so many different things. And the reality is I'm seeing people just consume, 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 but not even realizing how they're going to utilize that in their next role. So when you are consuming information, the key and the the whole point of it should be, okay, I'm consuming this. But how am I going to apply it in my next role? And that's why it's so important to 
really set boundaries, even self boundaries around what you are consuming. But again, if you don't know what your niche is and you have not found, and your niche is really, for those of you that are are, are new and just join, just joining the niche party, um, but your, your niche is really where your key transferable skills, your interests, your values intersect with the company and a role uh, that has those same values that are looking for the skills and the interests that you do have and bring to the table. So it's this nice, beautiful intersection. And so if you don't know what that is and what that looks like, it's really hard to craft a development plan for yourself. So I do have a whole podcast episode on how to create your own self-development plan where I walk through this more in depth. So I don't want to go through all of that again because it does already exist out there. But it's really, really important that you understand what your niche is before you can figure out where you are going to develop. So when you're seeing just lists and lists and lists of all the different theories, models, practices, processes, uh, procedures that you need to know in order to quote unquote get into L&D, I want you to look at that list with a grain of salt and not feel that you have to dive into all of those things. Because the reality is this, you know, I've, and for those of you that have been around for a while, you know, I've been in L&D for over 10 years. I've been part of the hiring process for about 10 years, and I've been an L&D hiring manager for the last eight. I have never, ever, 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 ever hired someone because they could list off a instructional design model, Right that they could tell me what Gagne's nine events were, right? Doesn't that, That's not why I hired someone, right? So you have to really think about the fact that if you're just learning to consume information, to regurgitate it back out, right? That's not learning. Y'all know that. <laughs> we all want to be learning professionals. If you're not already, that, that is like antithesis of learning 101. We are not learning just to regurgitate. We're learning to apply. And so if you are learning something and you can't apply this to the type of role that you want to be in shortly, you should not be learning it. So I want you to take those lists with a grain of salt. And so I want to talk about two different things today. I know it's kind of a really long-winded way to get deep into the meat of today's episode, but I want to talk about two different areas. The first is I really want to get into kind of the basics of what you need to know for any learning and development role. Okay. So the basics of what you need to know. Then I really want to look at from there, once you have those basics down, kind of what are some of the key skills that you really should focus on developing for the L&D of the future? Because here's the thing. A lot of people, when I'm seeing these lists and lists and lists and lists of theories, models, practices, processes, you know, whatever it may be, when I'm seeing these, what I'm seeing is people learning what I like to call old school or traditional learning and development. And it's very much around like the almost robotic way of thinking about corporate learning and development. And so when we think about L&D as a whole, we are in an evolution right now. And it has been evolving for many years and COVID has made it evolve even faster. But we are seeing what learning and development needs to be as part of a business partnership and how to actually move the needle forward inside the organization. So there's this idea of this kind of like old school learning and development, which is where you know, we focus on compliance and performance and 
you know, skill, like skill development, right? So he's more like clear cut. We are the content developers inside of the organization, right? We're not necessarily a partnership, but we're more order takers. There's a problem, we create training to solve it. There's a problem, we create training to solve it. And so when I look at all these lists of what people are telling future L&Ders to learn in order to get a role, I'm seeing a lot of it coming from the mindset of old school L&D. And where that's going to be a struggle if you are looking for a new role in L&D, whether you are transitioning in for the first time, whether you are in L&D and you want to move to a new organization or move up, right? you have to be on the modern side of L&D history here. And so if you are educating yourself based on old traditional ways, if you are looking for a more progressive company with a strong learning culture, that's going to be a barrier for you to be able to get into that company and it really integrate with their learning culture because you're learning the old school way. So I want to start off really by looking at kind of the basic principles and the, ba- the kind of the core, the core learnings you need to know in order to really think about L&D in the future and where you see yourself fitting in there. And really, I think these are the areas where most people, especially if you are an educator, if you are an educator, you know how to put training together. You know how to put curriculum together. You already know all of those things. So you don't need to go back to school or take all of these courses on how to put all this together, right? You actually know all of that. But there are some basic principles regarding adult learning or thinking about more in the business side of things that you don't know. This is really where I think people need to focus. So first and foremost, let's kind of dive into it here. First and foremost, you do need to understand the basic principles of how adults learn, right? So a quick Google search on adult learning theory will really give you the laydown, the lowdown, the laydown, one of the two, right, of the basic understanding of how adults learn, right? Understanding more of the experiential side of things, of how we as adults really tap on our previous life experiences, right? And understanding what that looks like from an adult learning perspective. You don't need to take a six-month course on this. You don't need to go back and get your master's on in adult learning, okay? This literally could be a Google search where you're reading some articles and just really understanding how adults learn, the basic principles. And a really great tool or great model, I guess I should, should call it, to really start to understand that not only how adults learn, but where they learn is what um, Bob Mosher calls the five moments of learning need. And so I'm not gonna go into all the five moments of learning need right now. I'll let you do that research on your own. Um, So if you do a quick Google search for Bob Mosher, five moments of of learning need, Mosher and Gottfriedson, um, five moments of, of learning need, really understanding that as adults, there's five different moments where you might need to learn something, okay? And that is a really strong basis to when we think about inside of an organization that not everyone is going to need to learn something the same way at the same time. And so when we think about like the five moments of learning need, and I guess, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll let me go into them real quick. So we do go into, into the five moments of learning need. It really is the the idea of application, changing, solving, new, and more. 
So what does that actually mean? <laughs> so the, the five moments of need are when people need to, one, learn something new, two, learn more about what they've learned, three, apply what they've learned, four, unlearn in order to relearn because something has changed, or five, solve a problem, right? So really, and again, I'm not going to go into all of the five moments of learning need. You can absolutely do that on your own, but really understanding that inside of your organization, if you are going to be teaching someone something or someone needs to learn something, right, that there might be someone who is learning it for the first time, right? It's that first moment of learning need. But you also might have someone who in that fourth moment of learning need might need to unlearn in order to relearn because of a change, right? So if you're introducing a change in the organization, well, someone who's never learned it before is learning for the first time, but someone who's been doing something a little bit different for however many years needs to unlearn. And so understanding basic principles like that will be really, really helpful in looking at how do I create more modern learning. And so when you think about understanding the basic principles of how adults learn, again, a quick Google search for adult learning theory, the five moments of learning, learning need, then what you can do is pick a model to design and develop learning. And there, I, I talk about this a lot, there is no one right way to do learning and development. Okay, don't let anyone ever tell you there's a right model, a right process. It doesn't work that way. It, it's so, you just like we are unique as humans, the way that your organization is going to learn is going to be unique to the organization. It's going to depend on the learning culture, it's going to depend on the, the industry. It's going to depend on the people inside of the organization. It's going to depend on leadership. It's going to depend on your learning and development uh, uh, department, right? So there's no one right way to do learning and development. So don't let anyone tell you that there is. And so it's really understanding how adults learn, their moments of needs, and then choosing a model to design and develop learning. So Addy, Sam, design thinking, whatever it may be, right? Really thinking for you specifically, you know, what model calls to you. It doesn't mean you have to learn all of them to decide, but a quick, again, a quick Google search for learning design models, right? will bring up probably a million articles where you can kind of read through each one at a high level and say, wow, this really aligns with me or this is something I've done in the past and so this makes sense to me or wow, this is really exciting. I've never heard of this before. I wanna learn more about this. So once you have that, understanding the basic principles of how adults learn, what their moments of needs are, picking just a model, right? Again, you could, no, someone's not gonna, the right company will hire you regardless if you use Addy or Sam, okay? Like that, if someone's saying, well, I'm only hiring people who use Addy and they can't see that, oh, because you know another instructional design or learning design principle or model that that's still okay and that you could learn a different model, right? That's not a company you wanna work for anyway. So thinking about that as well. So. Once you do that, once you know how adults learn, their moments of learning need, you choose a model that feels good to you and exciting to you, then it's really understanding how to market your learning, 
right? So it's one thing to be able to design and develop it, but uh, uh, this is kind of now moving again into that kind of future future learning state here is understanding how to market your learning. You know, learning and development gets such a bad rap inside of organizations because oftentimes we just like literally throw training out there and hope that the masses are just going to roll up and take all of our training and just all of a sudden be fully trained and we're all singing songs and holding hands. Not the way that it works. Like anything in life, you are creating a product, like any product, it needs to be marketed and sold. And so really, truly understanding how to market your learning. There's an incredible podcast called Marketing for Learning. Um, It's by the team behind Mass Marketing, Marketing as a Service. Uh, And they focus 100% of their efforts on marketing for learning and what that looks like and how you can utilize marketing principles inside of the learning and development process um, and to, to market your your learning programs and what you're creating. So I highly suggest that. And lastly, the last thing to know is how to measure learning. And there's a lot of different ways that you can do that. Kirkpatrick is one of the kind of like most you know widely accepted or known, right? It doesn't matter. There's lots of different ways. Uh, Kevin Yates, and I'll, I'll put his LinkedIn in the uh, in the show notes as well, but he he's specializes in that and around the measurement of learning and how to measure its success. And so he's a great person to follow uh, in that in that category. And so again, let me recap these kind of like basic things that you need to know. You don't need to know 500 instructional design models. Do not learn 500 instructional design models. I want you to understand the concept of how adults learn. There are moments of need, a simple design model, so picking one, understanding how to market your learning and how to measure your learning. That is five things to learn. And again, all of these aren't things that you need to go back to school for. Right? You can learn a lot of these by simple Google searches. But the, the big thing is, is thinking about, okay, now that I have this piece of information, now that I've learned more about marketing learning or measuring learning or the moments of need, how do I want to utilize and apply this information in my next role? How would I have applied this information in my in a previous role if I would have known this information ahead of time? So really start thinking about that. So understanding the basic principles right, of modern learning is incredibly important no matter where you are, A, in your learning and development career, but B, if you're on the job search. right? Again, if you are looking to move to a company that has a strong learning culture, you have to be on their level with what modern learning looks like. And you all know I talk about this a lot, but I really, truly recommend it. Something that kind of brings all of what I just talked about together uh, is a book called Designing Modern Learning uh, Beyond Addie and Sam. And it's by Crystal Kadakia and Lisa M.D. Owens. And disclaimer, I do do some consulting work for them. Uh, I started out just a fan of the book, okay? I got this book and I was like, holy macaroni. Like, this is it. This is the Bible. This is the Holy Grail. Like, y'all should see my copy. It is so tattered. It is so worn. I basically have it on my desk. I take it when I travel anywhere, just in case, I don't know, just in case I need it. Um... (laughs) I've spilled smoothie on it. I've spilled water. I've spilled matcha on it. I mean, literally, it's like green from all of my <laughs> things that I've spilled on it. But I started out as a huge fan of the book, uh, connected with the authors, and then from there, really formed this like beautiful partnership and relationship with them. Um, but I was, I mean, I had gone through their workshop. I was still working full time as a director of learning, and just really fell in love with the model. So 
amazing book, you know, Designing for Modern Learning Beyond Addie and Sam. Uh, they have an amazing workshop too, which I do help facilitate as well. So if you want some more some more of me, uh, you can get me there um, in a facilitation capacity too. And I do have a discount code um, for $500 off. So if you are interested in, in the um, learning cluster design, I'll put the link in the show notes. But if you're interested in uh, more about that workshop, if you are an L&D professional and you want to up-level your game that way, I'll put that link in there as well for you. So again, but from a, a if a low low cost, low hanging fruit, designing for modern learning beyond Addie and Sam is a really great book that kind of encompasses what I just talked about here as well. So those are the basics. So again, if you are reading a list of like 40, okay, let me be realistic. I am seeing lists of at least 10, 40 is an exaggeration, but at least 10, I'm seeing all these comments. What do I need to know in order to get into learning and development? Here are 10 models, no. Stop it. Stop it right now. Okay. You have five things to learn. The basic principles, how adult learn, how adults learn, moments of learning need, any model, pick one to design, develop learning, understanding how to market your learning and how to measure your learning. That's it. Five, five things, five things to know and learn. On top of that, then how am I going to apply this or how would I want to apply this in my next role? So with that, I really want to kind of get into talking about L&D of the future and, and beyond these kind of, what's the best way to put it? Beyond, beyond these more like typical, even though they're modern, right? But they're still typical L&D functional skills. I really want to focus on the additional skills that you should be spending the most amount of time upskilling on. So those skills I just talked about, I would say if we had to look at like your upskilling, that you should maybe spend about 20% of your upskilling allotment time to those things I just talked about. The rest of your time, really, really want to focus on what Degreed is calling the new expectations around learning and development team. So for those of you that don't know um, what Degreed is, Degreed is a learning experience platform, um, to say the least. So definitely feel free to check them out, D-E-G-R-E-E-D, Degreed. Um, And they just put out a really incredible uh, blog post and um, at the end of last year, Tom Schultz wrote it. And it really struck me in a sense of, you know, the, the article itself is talking about how you know, traditionally L&D teams are and have been responsible for performance, legal compliance, work for, workforce readiness for business needs, right? He's kind of like cut and dry things that I was talking about earlier in the episode. And while those will always remain, right, the reality is, is that you know, we do, people do have to achieve performance objectives. People do need to meet compliance requirements, right? People do need to be ready to do their job. That's never going to change. But what Degreed talks about in this, in this blog, which is called, it's called the future of L&D, meeting new expectations in 2022. They talk about these new expectations and how L&D is no longer just, just going to be required to do performance, uh, you know, to help people achieve objectives, to do compliance, to just get people ready to do their job, there's going to be so much more 
in, a, in a great way, right? There's new initiatives that we are going to be responsible for. And so, for example, what they have written here is adaptability, innovation, resilience, agility, sustainability, wellness, inclusion, culture, right? So while, again, the old expectations remain, these new initiatives require us as L&D professionals to also have these skills and abilities, right? So when we think about all of these kind of cookie cutter, cut and dry models, I'm going to use models to cover all the other words, right? Models, theories, processes, whatever. Um, we'll use the word models. But all of them, those models that people are telling you, you quote unquote have to learn, are all around the old expectations of performance, compliance, and readiness. And so when you are focusing all of your time on the old expectations, you are not giving yourself the ability to upskill in what will inevitably be, inevitably be not only the new expectations, but this is the future. Well, this is the now, in all honesty. But this is what employers are going to be looking for you to have a skill set in and an upskilled in, in is these categories. And I'm going to link this um, this article in the show notes as well. So you have lots of lots of resources in in the in these show notes. But you know, it's really really important to understand that. We, as L&D professionals, are going to have to adapt our approach. And so when we look at these new expectations, right, understanding adaptability to change effectively. So how can we as L&D professionals try to help make the workforce more adaptable if we're not adaptable? How can we help make the workforce more innovative if we're not innovative, if we're not resilient, if we're not agile, right? If we're not focusing on our wellness, if we're not focused on inclusion, how can we help the organization be more inclusive? If we're not focused on culture, how can we help the organization be more focused on culture, right? So it really is important that when we look at these areas, how can you upskill in these areas? How can you learn to be more adaptable? And not only learn to be more adaptable, but when we think about this in terms of job searching, how can you convey your adaptability? How can you convey your innovation, your resilience, your agility, your sustainability, your inclusion, your culture, your wellness, right? So these are the things I really want you to think about as you go into this kind of upskilling. And again, it's something that people are talking about so much right now. And it, it gives me, I took a deep breath, right? Like it gives me a little bit of, of, of a twinge of anxiety when I see people telling other people that they need to learn all of these models. And the reality is people aren't going to hire you based on just the models that you know, right? That's 20% of the game here, right? I would much rather hire someone who is adaptable, innovative, resilient, agile, right? Who only knows one model than hire someone who is none of those things, but could list to me, you know, the every step in Addy and Sam, <laughs> right? So it's it really, again, is thinking about what is going to be important to the organization, the type of organization that you want to work for. Is it going to be those old expectations of just performance, compliance, and readiness? No, 
most likely you want to work for an organization that has these new expectations. And so these expectations are really important for you to think about when it comes to your own development and your own upskilling, that rather than spending days and days, days in and days out in storyline, right, trying to create a portfolio, that instead, if you know the basics of storyline, enough to create something that is good enough, and again, this is for my instructional designers, I other other roles don't need to know storyline, but really looking at where are you spending your time? Are you spending your time learning something that's going to support old expectations? Or are you spending your time learning and upskilling that's going to support the new expectations? So I want you to think about that. I think it's I think I think that's very a very clear cut way of thinking about it. Now, now that I'm now that I'm brainstorming out loud with you all is what I'm upskilling in supporting old expectations or new expectations. And I'm not saying you should completely forego the old expectations. Those will always be there. Performance, compliance, readiness will always, always, always be there. But the new expectations are more important, (laughs) equally if not more important, right? Because they require an entire shift in how responsible L&D is for the organization. And so really, really thinking about is what I'm learning, is what I'm upskilling in for the future or for the past. So I hope this kind of helps give you an idea of some of the things to be focusing on. And again, everyone's different. And I encourage you to go back and listen to that episode about creating your own self-development plan. And so if you go back, listen to that one. Here's what I would suggest. Go back, listen to that one. Really think about what the, the the right role at the right company looks like for you and creating a development plan based on that. And then go to this article on Degreed and really look at the old expectations and the new expectations. And what are some gaps that I have here, right? So when I think about adaptability, if I'm not super adaptable, if I don't adapt to change effectively, right? And everyone adapts to change differently. But if I don't adapt effectively, where can I go to learn more about how to be more adaptable, how to grow in that skill set? Same thing with agility. You know, if I realize that I don't respond quickly to things and I need to be more agile, how can I learn more about that? And and not only learn more about it as in taking a course, but how can I consciously on a day in and day out focus on being more agile? How can I self-develop in that area too? So again, go back to the episode on creating your own self-development plan focus on finding your niche, then when it comes time to upskilling, I really want you to ask yourself, is what I'm upskilling in supporting old expectations or is it supporting both old expectations and the new expectations as well? So I hope this helps give you a little bit of direction what you really should be focusing on when it comes to upskilling. And if you have any questions about this, again, I'm going to put all the resources inside the the show notes, but always As always, feel free to DM me with your thoughts on today's episode. And if you want support in this, if you want help creating your self-development plan, knowing where to upskill, how to upskill, 
Join us inside the Overnight Trainer Group Career Coaching Program. It is open for enrollment. We're going to go through all of this, exactly how to create your own self-development plan. And inside of the program, I give you all of the resources to develop in all of these areas as you need them for you. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If it resonated with you in any way, please let me know by subscribing, liking, and leaving a review. I'd love to hear from you on how you're using these tools as well as what you want to hear more of. So connect with me on LinkedIn at Sarah Canistra, send me a DM or email me at hello at theovernighttrainer.com. I can't wait to hear from you. And until next week, stay learning.